Good morning, everyone. It's great that you've joined here in person or here online. It's great to have you this morning. As we go now into a time of, of worship, we're going to sing these songs, these truths. Why don't you just stand if you're able, if you want to this morning, and, and sing along. of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder and leaves us breathless in awe and wonder the king of glory the king above all kings this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you lay down your life that i would be set free I sing for all that you've done for me. Who brings our chaos back into order? Who makes the orphan a son and daughter? The King of glory, the King of glory, who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. They would take my place. They would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. And worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. And worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Oh, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. 
set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing all that you've done for me. kingdom come here let your will be done here in us in Jesus there is no one greater you alone are savior show the world your love King of heaven, come now. King of heaven, come now. Let your glory ring, shining like the day. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, rise up. Who can stand against us? You are strong to save. Your mighty name, King of Heaven, come. And we are children of your mercy, rescued for your glory. We cry, Jesus, set our hearts towards you. Every eye would see you lifted high. King of heaven, come down. King of heaven, come down. Let your glory ring, shining like the day. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, rise up. Stand against us. You are strong to save in your mighty name. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, come. King of heaven, Come down, 
King of heaven, come Let your glory reign, shining like the day King of heaven, come Amen. Is that your prayer this morning, that you would encounter and experience the, the King of heaven in this place, but in the longing of your heart is to see him face to face when he comes. Amen. Wave at somebody, smile at somebody. You can do it. Make it smile happen, and then you can, you can be seated this morning. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, good morning. It's great to see you. You braved the weather this morning, and you got here, and uh, glad that you could be here. For those of you who are at home, uh, glad that you could join us as well be a part of this service this morning. If this is your first time here at Evangel on, um, in person, we want to welcome you especially and uh, say that we want to be able to come alongside and help you. And if you would fill out the connection card that you'll find in the chair pocket in front of you, that will help us to be able to connect with you more easily. And then you can take that to the uh, information desk in the foyer on your way out this morning, and you can leave it there and someone will be there. They can answer any questions you might have. There's a small gift there for you, and uh, we'll just start this journey with you. So we're just glad that you're here and can be a part of things today. Well, today is the last Sunday that we'll be taking orders for the poinsettias. Tomorrow morning, uh, the final order will be submitted, and we won't be able to, to add after that point. So if you intend to place a poinsettia in the church uh, during the Christmas season in memory of someone or in honor of someone. Uh, we want to encourage you to do that today. You can do that a couple of ways. There are some forms in the foyer, and you can fill that out, and you can put your money with it. They are $10, and you can leave that at the information desk with the person that's on there today, and they can, they can help you with that. If you'd like to do it electronically, you can do that as well. You can send your $10 to giving at epcoakville.com, and you can uh, indicate in the message box that it's for poinsettias and who they are in memory or honor of. And uh, we'll make sure that we include those in there as well. So just, uh, just keep in mind that today is the final day. That when we come back next Sunday, God willing, the church will be decorated from Chris for Christmas. All of the poinsettias will be in place. And uh, it's just really my favorite time of year. Uh, walking into this building is the Christmas season. So I uh, just encourage you to be a part of that. Last week, we, we said farewell to Cindy. We celebrated her off. And so today, just to let you know that we have hired someone to uh, fill the office administrator role. And the person that we have hired is Monica Rodriguez. And Monica will begin in the first week of January. And uh, in the meantime, staff are covering. So I just want to remind you that the office hours have been revived Sorry, revive. <laughs> They've been re yeah. They have risen from the dead. <laughs> they have been revised. Uh, so they are now Monday to Thursday from nine till two thirty. So if you need something administratively in the office, those are the hours that you can uh, connect. And uh, so just keep that in mind. Jennifer, you have an announcement at this time. Well, Good morning, everybody, and those of you that are online. Um, next week is the beginning of Advent as well, as we anticipate uh, the time where we celebrate the birth of Christ. 
on Christmas Eve. And um, this year we wanted to do something a little bit different. Um, normally in our in our church, we're going to continue with lighting the Advent candle. And we don't ever give out gifts during that time. But sometimes at home, um, maybe some of you have Advent calendars kind of like we do, where there's a scripture reading and a little chocolate, something that's it's about, you know, focus on Jesus, but a little treat as well, something that you get. And obviously the Christmas season, we know that there's a, it's a time of um, getting a lot of stuff, but we know that it's better to give than receive. So at Advent this year, we wanted to do something called Reverse Advent, which is simply to give back. You should have gotten one of these. Uh, don't want to have it upside down when you came in this morning. And you probably thought, what exactly is that about? Every week as we light our candle, we want everybody if you can, to bring an item for the Kerr um, Street Mission. We're going to put a table in the back corner, and each week we're asking you to bring that specific item. So next Sunday, as we start Advent, we're asking everybody that can to bring canned meat. And then, uh, as you can see, the, is it up there? No. The weeks after will be canned vegetables, the next, the third week, canned fruit, and the fourth week, canned soup. And each week we will deliver to the mission. Um, and just keeping it simple, we'll all bring the exact, you know, not the exact thing, thing in, but that canned item for the week. So starting next week, if you can do that, bring one, two, three, as many cans as you want to bring. We'll place them on this back table, and it'll be our way of keeping the focus on giving back at Christmas. Okay, thank you so much. Thank you, Jennifer. And when we say canned meat, we all know there's really no meat in the canned meat. We're not really sure what's in there, but... <laughs> On the can, it will say meat, so just, just to help you with, with that. If you're here today with kids, uh, newborn up to age three, there is a nursery downstairs. You can take your child there at any time. And if kids in JK up to grade five, you can make your way over to this side. Volunteers will meet you there. Ushers, uh, you can receive our morning tithes and offerings at this time. And uh, did I mention that was your birthday yesterday? I don't think I mentioned that. So happy belated birthday to Andrew. Yeah. Yeah. I meant to say it earlier, so. Anyway, I'll hand it back to you. In the darkness, you were waiting. Without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets. To a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt. And praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one, God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of kings. To reveal the kingdom coming 
and to reconcile the lost, to redeem the whole creation. You did not despise the cross, for even in your suffering, you saw to the other side, knowing this was our salvation. Jesus, for our sake, you died. And praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. God of glory, Praise forever to the King of Kings. In the morning that you rose, all of heaven held its breath. That song was moved for good, for the Lamb had conquered death. And the dead rose from their tombs, and the angels stood in awe for the souls of all who'd come to the Father are restored. And the church of Christ was born, then the Spirit lit the flame, and now this gospel truth of old shall not kneel and shall not faint. By his blood and in his name, his freedom I am free. For the love of Jesus Christ, who has resurrected me. And praise the
is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. And all will see how great, how great is our God. And
Walking around these walls I thought by now they'd fall But you have never failed me Waiting for change to come Knowing the battle's won For you have never failed me yet Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness Still in your hands, this is my confidence. You never failed me yet. And I know the night won't Your word will come to pass And my heart will sing your praise again And Jesus, you're still enough oh, Keep me within your my heart will sing your praise again. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You never still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness I'm still in your hands this is my confidence you never failed me yet
never failed. We, we have this assurance that we've never seen you fail, and we know we'll never see you fail. So God, thank you for being faithful through, through every generation, through every situation. God, that if, that what you've spoken will come to pass. Yes. Lord, would we just have that faith and that trust to know that, that what you have spoken will come to pass. That we don't know your timing, but, but we, can, we can rest assured that your will is good and perfect. And so God, this morning as, as we're gathered here in person and online and, and, and we're here and singing these things, God, would we, we take these to heart? Would we not just sing these in vain, but would we be declaring it in our lives? Encouraging our hearts to, to believe even more today than we did yesterday. And so as, as Pastor Shannon brings the word this morning, would, would we be ready to receive what, what you are, are saying to us this morning? That as you've prepared our hearts this week and we've, we've come and we've gathered, we've tuned in, Lord, that, 
that you can speak to us. And so would you do that this morning? Would you speak through Pastor Shannon, through, through the message that he's prepared, God? We just thank you for, again, for your faithfulness. In your name we pray. Amen. Our scripture reading this morning is found in 2 Samuel chapter 7, and we're reading verses 18 to 21. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord and prayed, Who am I, O sovereign Lord? And what is my family that you have brought me this far? And now, sovereign Lord, in addition to everything else, you speak of giving your servant a lasting dynasty. Do you deal with everyone this way, O sovereign Lord? What more can I say to you? You know what your servant is really like, Sovereign Lord. Because of your promise and according to your will, you have done all these great things and have made them known to your servant. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, worship team, for leading us this morning. Really beautiful sense of God's presence here as we worshiped him together this morning. As we mentioned a little earlier um, this morning, we are on the doorstep of the Christmas season. And there are many events and traditions and practices associated with celebrating Christmas that vary from person to person, from family to family, from church to church. Now, one common thread of celebrating Christmas is the exchanging of gifts. And in our house, the memo has already gone out that a list of gift suggestions is needed in order to receive something that you need or something that you want. Now, in the absence of suggestions, there's no telling what you might end up with. So when you get that memo, you get on it because then you can assure that it goes in the direction you want to go. Now, personally, I'm not very good at providing a list. I'm really not good at it because I often say, and it's true, I don't need anything. I don't. I, I don't need anything. And then I follow that up with, I just want to be with you guys. I just want to spend time with you. That's all I need. I, I don't need gifts. And my family finds this really frustrating that all I want is to be with them. They find that frustrating. Maybe I need to put family counseling on my list, right? But I, I, don't, I don't like doing the list. But I've learned to push through and generate a list because, well, in past years, if no suggestions were given, some interesting items show up on Christmas morning. And you could be given a gift that you really don't want. And you say things like this, wow, that's really something. Or, I've never really seen anything quite like this before. Or, this is a real surprise. I certainly wasn't expecting this. Truth is, I'm not very good at pretending. Uh, so, it's better for me to provide the list and that's a better route for me to go down. Today, we are concluding our fall sermon series 
entitled Heart for God, based on the life of King David, who is referred to in Scripture as a man after God's own heart. And today we're going to be considering David wanting to give a gift to God that God wasn't asking for. It wasn't on his list. And then God's future promise to David and his family as that whole encounter played out. And so we'll be reminded today, I forgot to put this picture up a moment ago, so when you're looking at that gift, but we'll move on. We'll be reminded today that those who have a heart for God recognize the faithfulness of God, humbly recognize the faithfulness of God in their lives. We've sung a lot about that this morning, intentionally. Let's begin today with our scripture and desire. Last week, Pastor Scott focused on the scripture where David returned the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem and making Jerusalem not only the political capital, but also the spiritual capital of Israel. David had settled into the palace. He was very comfortable there. God had brought him from tending his father's sheep in the field, from sleeping in a tent or out in the open under, you know, the open sky at night, till now he finds himself in this palace in the capital city. The Lord has given David rest from all of his enemies around him. And David was enjoying an opportunity for peaceful reflection. And as part of his peaceful reflection, he began to realize that he was a human king living in this palace in the lap of luxury and decadence, in a palace made from cedar timbers and furnished with the finest, finest of materials. And in contrast to that, the ark, which he had just brought back to Jerusalem, which represented God's presence and relationship and covenant with his people, the ark which represented the divine king was dwelling in a tent. And so during this moment of peaceful reflection, David recognized there's an imbalance here. This didn't seem right to David. And he thought, this needs fixing. And so David called the, the prophet Nathan in and expressed his sense of imbalance to him, suggesting that he would, you know, build this beautiful, decadent temple for the divine king to dwell in. And Nathan thought that the idea sounded reasonable. And he encouraged him to proceed with whatever David, quote, had in his mind. Because he said, the Lord is with you, David. The Lord is with you. David's desire was to gift God with a beautiful, decadent dwelling place in Jerusalem, and those around him thought it was a good idea. That was his desire. Secondly, promise. That night, we're told, the word of God, the word of the Lord came to Nathan. Now, we're not told how. It may have been a messenger of God. It could have been a vision, a dream, an audible voice. We, we don't know. All we know is that God sent word to Nathan. God had something to say about David's good idea. 
And so Nathan was told, I, I need you to deliver this message to David. And God's message included two questions. The first question was, did I ever ask you to build a temple for me? Was it on my list? And second is, if I did want a temple built for me, are you the one I would have build it? God's response to David was basically this. Your building a temple for me is a good idea, but it's not a God idea. Thanks, but no thanks. Building the temple is not a part of your purpose, David. That's not what I have planned for you. It's not on the agenda for you. And so the message was, David, I brought you from the pasture and the flock. I took you from that place, and I, I made you the ruler of my people Israel. I've been with you wherever you have gone. I have defeated your enemies for you. My leading in your life was not about you building me a house. It's about me building my house through you and your family. And so God said, I will build a house, David, through you. And when your days are over, I will raise up an offspring to succeed you, and I will establish your house, I will establish your throne forever. Now, the forever language here is foreshadowing a long time down the road all the way to Jesus, the Messiah, who will come through the line of David and Jesus will reign forever. His throne will be established forever. It will never end. And so even though we find out later that Solomon would be tasked with actually building the physical temple in Jerusalem, God's primary concern was not the physical temple. God's primary concern was and always, you know, was and always has been to build a dynasty through David that would lead to Jesus. And so he made that promise through Nathan for David. Thirdly, humility. The next day, Nathan went in to see David. <laughs> and I just imagine the conversation going like this. You know what I told you yesterday? Hey. <laughs> well... God came to me in the night and told me to tell you that he doesn't want you to build a house, that in fact, he's going to build a house through you, and, and then shared the whole revelation from God to David. Well, upon receiving this report, because it's interesting, right? You want to give someone a gift and they go, yeah, I don't want it, thanks. It's like, ooh, right? That kind of hurts. It's like ego here, but no. We're told that when David heard this report from God through Nathan, he went into this lowly tent where the ark was located, and he sat, right? The king was always elevated on the throne, and the people came and bowed, but no, he, he sat on the floor, we're told, humbly before the Lord. David was humbled by the word of God that came through Nathan. 
And he asked God, he says, God, who am I? Who's my family that you brought me this far? You've done so much for me. You have, you've led me. You've empowered me. You've helped me. You've given me victory time and time again. You have already done so much in my life and through my life. And now, on top of all of that, you are promising me a future dynasty through my family? David says, God, your faithfulness is beyond words and understanding. There's no one like you. There's no one like you. This is not about me or my desire to build a house for you, God. This is about you and what you will continue to do for my family long after I'm gone. See, David's legacy would not be a building. It would be a line, a dynasty, for which the Messiah of Israel would come. And this was beyond what David could have ever had imagined, have imagined. As we wrap up this series and as we finish this final promise for the future on David, there are just two areas that I'd like to focus on this morning. The first is purpose. Many of us who are in this room this morning, many of us who are watching during, by way of the live stream, we would confess that we're followers of Jesus. We would say that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of our lives. We're followers of Jesus. And when that decision to become a follower of Jesus happened, and it happened differently for all of us, and sometimes what's frustrating is when some people expect that it has to be the same for everybody, but we know that that's not the way it is. But whenever that moment happened for you, in however way it happened for you, that moment where, or that series of moments where we, we became followers of Jesus, what we were expressing was this. Jesus, I'm surrendering my life to you. I'm surrendering my life to you. My life is yours. And you can use it however you please. And so, Lord, please lead me and help me and use me to accomplish your purpose in this world. That's, that's what it means when, when we became, that's what happened when we became followers of Jesus. Now, as a result of that, we have benefited in many ways that I won't even be able to have the time to enumerate this morning, but we have experienced his forgiveness and his freedom. We've experienced the comfort of his presence that sometimes we can't explain to somebody else, but we we know it ourselves. We, we've experienced his strength when we've been so weak that it's his strength that's carried us through. We've had victories over circumstances that in our own abilities, we would never have had victory. There's been provision when it seemed like there were no means to receive provision. There's a sense of purpose that we, we, we live and exist for a reason. There's, there's something purposeful that we can do with our lives. We've experienced his power at work in our lives, helping us to do things that 
that on our own, we think, wow, I, I, I didn't think I could ever do that. But God helped me to do that. And so in response to all of that that God has done and continues to do in our lives, there are things that we want to do for God. Things that we want to give to God because we're so grateful to God for his faithfulness and God deserves it. And so we, we want to give things to God. We want to honor God for his faithfulness to us. But like David, sometimes we want to do what we want to do for God, what we want to give God is a good idea, but not a God idea. It's admirable to want to do good things for God. And of course, the opposite of that is someone who says, I'm a follower of Jesus and doesn't want to do anything for God. So we, we, have, we have both extremes. It's admirable to want to do good things for God, but it's important for us to ask the Holy Spirit to lead our lives into God's purpose for us. Because our legacy is rooted in our obedience to God's purpose for us. And so we don't want to just do good things, we want to do God things. I had the privilege in the early formative years of my ministry of working with a great man of God. I, I, wish, I wish you could have met him. He's, he's with Jesus now, but I wish you could have met him. He was a wonderful man of God. Very unique, but a wonderful, wonderful man of God. And I remember one morning, unexpectedly, after he and I had worked together for, for seven years, he invited me to come into his office, which wasn't unusual, because we would often talk about a lot of ministry-related things. He and I had been working really hard together, together to lead that church into the future vision that we believed that God had for that church. And as I sat there, he began to share with me that he had received a call from another church, inviting him to come and be their pastor. And so in deciding what he would do, he had to pray and, and wrestle with God's purpose for his life. Because for me, it was like, what? No, 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 we're doing good stuff here. Like, no, no, we're on, we're on the right path. Like, this is not a good time. You, you, can't, you can't go now. And he had to work through that as, as an individual and specifically in our, in, you know, faithfully leading this particular church. What, is, what, is, what does all this mean? And so as he was sharing his story with me, as his journey in this, he, he said, you know, God brought him to the Old Testament passage where God told Moses that, that he would not be the one that would take the Israelites into the promised land, that Joshua would do that. And so he knew that even though he had worked hard for 12 years to lead this church, and, and we really believed we were on the doorstep of seeing the things that he had longed for to, to finally see them materialize, he knew that his purpose was not to be the one to see it through. And I had to process that because, you know, that's, that's not what I wanted to hear. And then at that point, he told me that he believed that I was the Joshua. That was the language we began to use. I was the Joshua that would lead this church into what he and I had been working on with so many others so hard together for so long. And he left. 
And I eventually did become the lead pastor. And miraculously, immediately, we began to see growth and vision of the church unfolding all around us at a rate where we hardly knew how to keep up. Not because I was a better leader than he was. Because I wasn't. I was different, but I wasn't a better leader than he was. I would often say to him, if I were to senior pastor, I would say it jokingly, if I were to senior pastor, things would be different around here. And he'd respond with, I have no doubt. Right? Not because I was a better leader than he was. He had laid the groundwork. He had worked so hard. He had sacrificed blood, sweat, and tears for so long. And I, I knew from the first moment what I was doing was building on the foundation that he had established And ultimately, it was God who gave the increase. It wasn't me. It wasn't him. It wasn't skilled people or spiritual people. It was God that gave the increase. And he knew it, and I knew it. It was about each of us being faithful to God's purpose for us. It wasn't about what a good good idea. It was about a God idea. And I share that with you to say this. God has a purpose for our lives, and there are things that he desires to accomplish through us uniquely and specifically. I believe that. Yes, we do good things because that's what being a follower of Jesus means. You do good things, and I'm not suggesting that's not the case, but I also believe that, that God has a purpose, purpose that's unique and specific to us at times, that he wants things he wants to accomplish specifically and uniquely through us. And when we surrender ourselves completely to him, when we remind ourselves of that moment when we became followers of Jesus, when we said, my life is yours, use me as you please, you know, we surrender ourselves afresh. And then miraculously, he fulfills his purpose in and through our lives. I believe we all have a purpose. And it's important to tap into that purpose. And our purpose may not be rooted in what we think is a good idea or what we want to give to God. It may be rooted in something that he is asking us to give, that it's a God idea over a good idea. Secondly, faithfulness. Life is busy and demanding. Can anyone relate to that? Life is busy and demanding. Our schedules are full. Many of us feel exhausted all the time. It was only a few weeks ago we got an extra hour of sleep. I don't think that registered with my body. Anyone else feel like that kind of passed them by? Yeah. There's worry and anxiety bearing down on us. There's overwhelming challenges and and heartaches and losses that we're journeying through. And if we're going to experience moments of quiet reflection without distraction, like David had in the tent that day, we will have to intentionally make sure it happens. Intentionally carving out moments of quiet reflection is hard to do because there always seems to be something or someone that's vying for our attention. We're often responding to the tyranny of the urgent all around us. Everything's an emergency, and it consumes us and our time and our focus. But when we, like David, create opportunities for quiet reflection, 
When we sit before the Lord, in those moments like David, we are reminded where God has brought us from. Where God has brought us from. We're reminded of what God has done for us. We're reminded of what God is doing in us. And we're reminded of what God wants to do through us. In these moments of quiet reflection before the Lord, we are reminded that God has been faithful. We slow down long enough, we push the distractions away long enough to be reminded that God has been faithful and that God is now faithful and that God promises to be faithful in the future. We'll be reminded that because of God's faithfulness, we have a future that is filled with hope and promise. That what we are building through our lives as God leads us in fulfilling our purpose reaches far beyond this moment. It reaches into the future. In fact, what we see from David is God's promises and faithfulness to us actually outlives us. That really excites me when I think about that. David, when you are lying with your fathers, in other words, when you are dead, right? This is going to continue on. It outlives us. My favorite part of the day is the early morning when I come downstairs in my house, I make myself a coffee, and I sit quietly by myself before anyone else descends upon the area. Actually, my favorite part of the day, Jen, is when I see you for the very first time, but before that happens. But that's my favorite part of the day. I love these moments because they offer me an opportunity for quiet reflection an opportunity to pray, an opportunity to meditate on God and my life and my family. And on Monday of this past week, as I was sitting there alone, drinking coffee, can you picture it in your head? I couldn't help but reflect on a couple of the songs that we had sung on the Sunday morning before as a congregation. Now, I don't usually carry a Sunday over with me much into the week. You could say to me on Tuesday, you know what you preached on Sunday? And I'm like, yeah, what was that again? Because I'm already into next week, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or sometimes people say, you know when you talk about this? And I'm thinking, yeah, I didn't even talk about that. But that's what you heard, but I didn't talk about that. That's, that's another thing. But for some reason on this particular morning, a couple of the songs that we had sung on the Sunday morning before as a congregation carried over with me into Monday morning. And the specific song that really carried over with me was the song that we sang, Goodness of God. Now, I really like that song a lot because it's, it's a song that is a testimony, and, and, and I love that about that song. I love those words, all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. And with every breath that I am able, I will sing of the goodness of God. And so I'm sitting there on Monday morning with my cup of coffee and, and, and 
I'm sitting there in quiet reflection, and like the ghost of Christmas past, my mind began to journey through the history of my life. Quickly, because I don't have a lot of time before the room starts to fill. But my mind went to growing up. My mind went to each and every season of ministry. My mind went to the losses and the heartaches. My mind went to the challenges and the battles that have been fought. The challenges and battles in my ministry and my marriage and my family and my friends. And as I was quietly reflecting, I could see a common thread woven through each and every area. And that common thread was the faithfulness and goodness of God to me and my family. And like David, I could say, who am I, God? And who are my family that you should be so good to me? And I love this, the, my favorite verse and what I read this morning was when David said, you know what your servant is really like. Yet even though I don't deserve it, you're faithful. Moments like these are important for all of us. Because we need to be reminded that God has been faithful to us. And our families they're important because we need to be reminded that God is faithful now, in, in, in the present, regardless of whatever it is that you're facing and whatever it is you're going through and whatever obstacles you need to overcome and whatever it is that seems impossible for you. God is faithful in the middle of that. And these moments help us see that, and, but they also help us see God's faithfulness in the future and be reminded that as we are faithful to God now in fulfilling our purpose, that the legacy of that and the impact of that will outlive us. It'll be here long after we are gone. Many of us today are still reaping the faithfulness of those who've gone before us. Long after we are gone. But I have found that unless you carve out these moments of quiet reflection, that our lives get consumed with everything else that's going on every day, and we don't really stop to, to recognize God's faithfulness. And I think it's important for us to do that. I'm going to invite our worship team back. And as we conclude this message and this series, I want to remind us this morning that God has a purpose for our lives and there are things that he desires to accomplish through us as individuals and as a church community and as families. And when we surrender ourselves completely to him, he fulfills that purpose in our lives. And in the moments of quiet reflection before the Lord, we're reminded that God has been faithful, that God is faithful, and he will be faithful. Those who have a heart for God, humbly recognize the faithfulness of God in their lives. Would you stand with us this morning? I've asked Andrew if he would lead that song again this week, and we're going to 
sing that song together. And what I want to invite you into this morning is, is creating just a few moments of space for you for quiet reflection where the Holy Spirit can help you focus in and understand and see that God has been faithful. He is faithful. And He will be faithful. And allow that to be an encouragement and a strength for us this morning as we seek to honor Him by fulfilling His purpose, our purpose, in His plan and in our lives as we desire to be like David, to have a heart for God, a heart for God. Andrew, would you lead us this morning? I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Until I lay my head I will sing of the goodness of God And all my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able oh, I will sing of the goodness of God I love your voice You have led me through the fire darkest night you are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend and I have lived in the goodness of God and all my life you have been faithful All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able oh, I will sing of the goodness of God Your goodness is running after, it's running after me your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, surrendered now, I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. And your goodness is running after, it's running after me. Your goodness is running after, 
It's running after me With my life laid down I'm surrendered now I give you everything Oh, your goodness is running after It's running after me And all my life you have been faithful And all my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am in I will sing of the goodness of God I will sing of the goodness of God. Lord Jesus, this morning we stand with the psalmist with the words, Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. You are faithful. And God, I just pray for all of us in this room watching via live stream today. That life we know has a way of robbing our perspective and our reflection. And we lose sight of your faithfulness sometimes. But help us in the quiet moments to be reminded, Holy Spirit. That you're always there. You're always at work. And there is always hope. And Father, I pray today for each and every person here as we daily surrender our lives to you saying, Lord, whatever way you want to use me today, I'm yours. Lead me, guide me, use me. God, I pray that we would be able to serve out your purpose. That we might be able to serve out how our purpose fits into your overall purpose. So that our time and our energy and our skills and our abilities are not being used in ways that we just think are a good idea, but we want them to be used in a way that is a God idea. And so help us with that, we pray. And Father, as we move forward, we pray and we reflect and we say, Lord, we don't understand why you've been so faithful to us and our families. And we don't understand why you would make a promise that will outlive our lives should you tarry. But we are grateful for it. That a God who knows us better than anyone chooses still to be faithful to us. Thank you for that. And Lord, I pray for your strength today. I pray for your healing today. I pray for your leading and your guiding today. May we honor you with our words. May we honor you with our thoughts. And may we honor you with how we live out our lives. And we pray these things above all that you would give us a heart for you, a heart that beats in sync with yours, a heart that aligns with your values, your priorities. 
A heart that loves those you love. A heart that receives those you receive. Lord, grant us that today, we pray. And as we leave this place this morning, may we be reminded that what we have heard from you in this place can be lived out in the days that follow as we interact and touch the lives of others around us. So we thank you for that. We pray these things today in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today.